0: Thanks for joining us here at Thrive Church. We're a church passionate about moving people towards Jesus. For more information, go to our website, www.thrivechurch.co.za. Morning, everybody. All awake? Ready to go? Father, we ask this morning that you would let your word uh, do its deepest work in us. We pray that it would lift us, encourage us, inspire us, challenge us, motivate us, uh, convict us. Uh, comfort us. Let it do all that you need it to do in our lives this morning. We want our hearts to be receptive. We want our hearts to be good soil in which to be invested. I pray that you'd help me to articulate your word clearly. I pray that it would be received clearly and well, that you would give us the faith to put what we learned today into action, that we would change the world around us in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. 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 Now you can have a seat. Thanks everybody. If you're new to church this morning, welcome. We're in a series called Authentic, where we're looking and understanding what it looks like for a follow, uh, what an authentic, real, genuine follower of Jesus looks like. How do you know if somebody's the real deal? How do you know? Uh, What do they look like? How do they act? How do they react? How do they speak? What do they say? What gets them going? What do they hate? What do they love? How do they respond, etc.? So, and we're journeying through the book of James. James is a a very hard hitting straight up book james is not a james is not a soft book james is not a i 'm going to make you feel good and tickle your ears kind of book. James is quite deeply confrontational at times, and uh, so if you get upset during this series it 's okay chill out it 's james it 's not me okay because <laughs> my observation is that it 's so easy for us to have faith from the sidelines it 's so easy for us to verbalize faith, but when it comes to actually putting that faith into action, it's another matter entirely. It's very easy to say, hey, I believe you can do it. You could get across in a wheelbarrow. It's another thing to say, I'll be in the wheelbarrow. James writes about this in his book, and he writes in chapter two in verses 14 through to 26. He says this, what good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, But you don't show it by your actions. Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or a sister who has no food and clothing and you say, goodbye, have a good day, stay warm and eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it's dead and useless. Now, someone may argue, some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. You say you have faith for you believe that there's one God? Good for you. Even the demons believe that. And they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see, his faith and his actions worked together. His actions made his faith complete. And so it happened, just as the scriptures say, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. He was even called the friend of God. So you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. Rahab the prostitute was another example. She was shown to be right with God by her actions when she hid those messengers and sent them away by a different road. Just as the body is dead without faith, without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. Here's the big idea from that passage. Here it is in an equation. Faith plus good deeds equals authentic faith. The converse then is true as well, church. Faith minus or without good deeds is dead faith or no faith. You see, church, let's be clear about this. Paul wrote to the church in, uh, of Galatia. He wrote the book of Galatians. And he said to them, let's be clear about this. You're not saved by your works. No person achieves a friendship with Jesus. No person comes to eternal life. No person comes to salvation by good works. We are not saved by our good works. However, we most definitely are saved for our good works. We are saved, called apart, set apart, Invited by God into a friendship with Jesus for the purpose of good works. Our good works, the Bible says, are but filthy rags before God. We, We could never achieve that friendship with Jesus. We could never come into a friendship with Jesus through our good works. We don't ever do that, but once His saving grace has touched our lives, Once we've experienced His grace, once we've accepted His grace, once we've invited Him in, we are saved for good works. So much so that James says, if you don't have good works, you have to ask yourself the question whether you're really saved. He raises this question, it's the awkward, inconvenient question that he asks us. How do you know if you have a genuine, authentic faith in Christ? How do you know... If Jesus really is not only your Savior, but also your Lord, how do you know that your friendship with Him is real? He says there's one way to know. Your life will start to produce good fruit, good works. Good works don't save us, but they are the only evidence of our salvation. You'll start to do good things. You'll start to do good with your life that you never had thought about doing ever before. Sunday, oftentimes, is about, yeah, you can, I'll get in the wheelbarrow. You can get across there in the wheelbarrow. Sunday's all about the, hey! Monday to Saturday is all about, now get in the wheelbarrow. We're like, whoa, different matter entirely, isn't it? faith without works he writes to us is dead now maybe this morning you read that and you gulp and you swallow a little harder and you go Ish. such a great word aish isn't it it expresses so much overseas people don't have the word aish they're missing out it should be in the new dictionary i believe aish an expression of (laughs) aishness maybe you're going aish before you leave this morning, you can sort that out, you can put that right. Because it's just one authentic, heartfelt, sincere, earnest prayer that can change all of that. If you allow the word of God to do what the Holy Spirit wants it to do in your life today. Perhaps you're here, somebody brought you to church and uh, you're still checking this whole thing out, you're still wondering why the guys that, in the front seems so excited about worship. You're still wondering why everybody in the congregation is like raises their hands and because you're still checking out the church thing and the Jesus thing and the God thing because once upon a time you met a Christian, in fact, you saw them in church and on Sunday they were like, uh, oh, like praise Jesus and then on Monday they're dodgy and you saw them being dodgy. Maybe you met a dodgy Christian and you saw them in church then you saw them in your real life and you're like, hey, I don't want any of that. I do not want any of that. What I want to say to you is, please, 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 don't form your view of Jesus because of the dodgy Christian. Because what James is saying is actually, hey, listen here, it might not, it's, it's probably likely that the dodgy person that you encountered that put you off Christianity wasn't in fact a Christ follower in the first place. Why? Because their life didn't produce good fruit because it's the evidence of the salvation of our souls. So please give God a a chance based not upon the dodgy people that you, maybe some guy brought you to church and you're like, oh, that was was terrible. Please don't form your view of Jesus based upon who you've known as a Christian. Because they might not even have been a Christian. James is saying, listen, the way you'll know them is their life looks different. The way you'll know them is they, their life starts to exhibit good fruit. Their life They start to change how they operate, what they do, how they do. It. They, they stop dodgy business dealings. They stop abusing their wives. They stop verbally abusing people. They stop looking down on the poor. They stop... Um, uh, uh, uh hurting children uh, this stuff that's going on the catholic church at the moment has got a massive problem on its hands because an entire generation has grown up abused by priests all over the show They're those people uh, you know the work that's going to take place to help them understand that god loves them and that, that the priest that abused them is no reflection of the god who loves them we've got to we've got to we've got to look one place for our view of god and that is to the scripture are you with me this morning? So James says, listen, just be honest with yourself. Based upon your good works, are you a follower or not? If somebody had to take inventory of your, of your life, would it reveal that you're really following Jesus? Or would it reveal perhaps an inauthenticity? I want to give you some practical examples this morning, just to change gear." Of like good works. Because I say good works and some of you might be like, what does that mean? Like, do I have to become Mother Teresa, you know? Practical stuff. You ready to go? A couple of them. And they'll just be on the blog early this week by Tuesday. They'll be on the website, thrivechurch.co.za, under the blog section. We'll load them up because there's quite a number of them. And you could just download it, get it at your leisure, and you could make a decision to, to do something with them. But a couple of ways that, of, of things that are good works. Number one is to put God first on our budget and then the poor. Have you put the poor on your budget? Like line item, give to poor. We talk about giving to God a lot, but how about the poor? Help a friend in need. Maybe there's a friend that just needs something. You know, maybe there's a friend moving and they need their boxes packed. Volunteer your time. Yeah, you volunteer your time. Get, take your time and, and do something awesome with it. Your life, surely your life can't be about you only. Surely. Surely it can't just be about attending church and hearing a message and then going home. Why don't you take your time and help build this thing? Serve the poor. Serve the church. Serve the elderly. Save electricity by unplugging, changing your light bulbs to LEDs. Buy a surprise gift for somebody, just summa so, because, you know? Imagine this, Jobig. Can you imagine just allow a fellow driver to merge into your lane? I still believe in the God of miracles. (laughs) (laughs) Write a thank you note, like an actual thank you note to someone who doesn't expect it. Do you remember that thing called paper? Do you remember it? (laughs) Not like a WhatsApp thank you, like a. a, Remember a paper? You remember it? Some of you are like, what's paper? Like not a WhatsApp message, like an actual card. You can go to Cardi's or CNA. I think there's still two CNAs left in South Africa. You can still go there. (laughs) Or Typo. Typo's got some really, really legit stationery. There we go. Find some unused clothes in your house. Bring them. We'll give them to hospice. They will sell them. Your unused clothes, my unused clothes can help somebody die with dignity. You've got like 50 million pairs of shoes in your cupboard. Like, just give some of them away. Help somebody die with dignity. Plant a tree, because we've destroyed our planet. Teach an elderly person to use, surf the internet. Teach them how to write an email. You know, it must, it, I don't know because I'm not old, but it, it, must be, it must be hectic being old in an information age. You know? Help a toppy out. There we go. When you're outside, have a look around at the change of seasons and appreciate God's creation. Have you ever noticed the colors of the leaves in spring? They're like bright, luminous green. Donate an old cell phone. Use both sides of the paper before you throw it away. Think of at least three things that you could be thankful for every day. Sign up for a CPR course. You could change or save a life. Plant a vegetable garden, and then use those vegetables to give to dudes on the side of the road. It's not so easy. Pick up the litter that you see around you. Oh, town needs a cleanup, eh? Boxburg needs a cleanup. Once Boxburg clean up, then we move to Breckpen. but we don't go, we don't go to Brackpan. Brackpan knows I'm kidding. Eh? You guys know I'm kidding. Eh? I love you, Brackpan. If, if you're from Brackpan, give me a shout. Yes, like you see you guys. Strong representation here. <laughs> Could offer to read or play games with an elderly person in an old age home. We've got so many of them around us. Donate blood. Save lives. Swallow your pride and apologize for something that you've said or done. Take part in a literacy program hey, that's kicking off in early 2019. Collect small soaps, shampoos, other small toiletry, sanitary wear, and bring them. There's a picture of the amount that the ladies collected on Friday night. Isn't this awesome, ladies? Check it out. Friday night's event last, last Friday night, that's what they collected. They gave it to uh, students in Rekha Park. How awesome is this? Because uh, under-resourced learners, ladies, the, f- the, young, the young ladies there, they can stay out of school for as much as 80 days a year because of this particular issue. I mean, you can change somebody's schooling just by bringing that stuff along. That's that amazing? You see, it's, it's not complicated, church. Sometimes we're complicated. we complicate it. We all think, hey, we've got to change the world. Let's be realistic. Very, very few of us are going to change the world like Mark Zuckerberg or somebody like inventing Facebook. Not, well, chances are most of us are not going to do that, but we, we don't have to change the world. You can change our world can Change your world, you can change the world around you when you see poverty, alleviate it when you see loneliness, help it when you see somebody downtrodden, lift their spirits. You can, you can, you don't have to change the world, just change your world. James says, The mark of a Christ follower, the, the mark of an authentic Christ follower, how you know it's genuine leather is they start to do this kind of stuff. How's your good works, church? We live in such a such a materialistic rushed stressed out society I, I, I feel if we 're not careful, all we ever worry about is you know, I'm feeling this and I'm feeling that, and work's so hectic, and suppliers are so unreasonable, and the boss is a muhu and I mean. The best, the best way to lift your life is to help others. Make your life about somebody other than you. Was hearing an encouraging story just today, this morning, a lady who lost her husband and. just about a year ago or so, says the only thing that's, that's kind of kept her is, a, is she joined a serving team. She volunteered her time. A widow who's just lost her husband just decided to volunteer and get stuck in and use her time wisely and thoughtfully. She said those people have been amazing to her. Her team would text her a couple times a week, hey, how are you doing? What can we pray for? Her life is different because she volunteered her time. She decided good works is something that would be a natural outflow from a friendship with Jesus. Are you with me at 10 o'clock? Everybody okay? Yes. Balcony, you're right? Yes. Donate your old eyeglasses. Return a phone call you've been putting off. Oh yes. You know that voicemail that you know you need to attend to. Imagine this. Answer the phone in a cheerful voice. <laughs> recycle. 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 I said recycle. Recycle. You know, my daughter comes like, Dad, why are we not recycling that? Why are you not recycling that? They, they're learning, they're learning, they're learning. You see, it's, it's the young, listen, there's great hope because of our younger generation. It's only us, Mughus, who've messed up our planet. They're not gonna do the same. Turn off the tap when you're shaving, brushing your teeth. Every drop counts. It's good works to steward our water supply correctly. Hey, Hold the door open for a stranger. Imagine this one. Praise a colleague's work. Even if they get promoted ahead of you. When you're out buying food, buy some extra and keep it in your car. Give it to people who need stuff. So these will be up in the blog. Do you know when you look at the life of Jesus, uh, we see his life filled with good works. I want to give you just two thoughts around his life and the works of his life. I think two key secrets to Jesus' life is why his life was so impactful is he chose people in which to invest. Jesus didn't change the world through the crowds. He changed the world through the people he discipled. The best use of your time is to find somebody and to invest in them. Around the, the room now, have a look. There are a couple of gray hairs here. People with gray hair, even if you've dyed it, we know you've, we've, you've dyed it. <laughs> we still know you're old, okay. So. <laughs> so much wisdom. Find somebody younger and say, hey, you look like you have a brain. I'll invest in you. I've got my retirement plan also. To, I know what I'm going to do in my retirement. I'm going to take every and any young person who wants to still be around me like that. That's why I've got to make sure that I, I keep sharp and that I've got something to give them. I'm going to take every young person that wants to be around me and I'm just going to invest in them, invest in them, invest in them, sow into their lives from morning till night. That's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to sit on a porch and smoke a pipe or anything like that. I'm not going to smoke boom or any of that stuff. I'm just going to invest. If you're if you're fifty-five years and older, your best years are right now. Yeah. Could invest in them. Jesus took them. He said, Who can I disciple? Please look at I'm down on my knees. If you're an old toppy, find somebody that you can invest in. I'm so inspired by Martin's example. He launches heel, he's in his sixties. There he is March, raise your hand, stand up quickly for us so we can see. He's fully grey. He doesn't diet because he knows. <laughs> 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 hey? He launches heel. Because he went to jail and he, was a, he is an alcoholic, a recovering alcoholic. And he said, well, how can I help other people? He's old, got it getting older, but he's still friss and strong and he wants to invest his life. Please, if you're a younger person, get some wisdom and get around an older person. Allow them to invest in you. Ask them to invest in you. Jesus took 12 and he changed the world with those people. When life college starts up again, You should be in college because it's big church made small. Because there's going to be people there that you can say, "Hey, could you invest in me? Could you help me?" Or there's going to be people there. Hey, I want to invest in you. I want to sow into you. Pastor Steve's next steps course is always full because he's always looking for another person. He finds, "Hey, come, 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 come." That's awesome. We get the opportunity to do that. Life College, that's what it's all about. When life life groups launch up, you should be in a group because it's big church made small. You get to see the front of a person's face. You get to connect with them. You get to say, hey, there might be somebody in this group that I could connect with. You say, oh, I'm tired after work. Man, if you're tired after work, your life's never gonna change. If you get somebody who can invest in you, your life will change. My job is simply to unleash that in each and every one of you. My job is just to ignite something in you that says, hey, I could be a martyr, Maybe I could be a pastor." Maybe I could look for people to invest in. Maybe I could be a young person hungry for that investment. The way you change the world is you invest into people. Crowds never changed the world, disciples did. Disciples did. Every time Jesus saw a need, he met it. That's the second thing. Anytime Jesus saw a need, he just met it. He just met it. He just met it. I have to be prayerful about meeting needs because I, 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 I go shopping and the, you know, doing errands and I go to three different types of shops. Guess what? There's a car guard at every single one of them and they all want my money. Hey. And it can get exhausting. Does anybody else feel tired? Do you, do you feel like, oh, and not again? So I have to, okay, God, on. I've only got one car guard that I'm going to give today. Who's it going to be? And I have to, I pray for discernment. Meet a need when you see it. Are you all still with me? Yeah. So just when we think James has had enough of faith and good works, just when we think, oh, I'm through chapter two and now this inconvenient that passage of scripture can stop, we carry on with James. And, and then at chapter five, he circles back and he says, what? and one more thing, just another clap for you. <laughs> he gets to chapter five and he says, hey, I, wanna, I just wanna come back to this issue of faith and good works. And I want to remind you about the act most, or an, a good work of utmost importance. James chapter five, 13. Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Is anyone apt that the Springboks won in New Zealand in the, for the first time ever in the rugby championship? You should get out on your knees and kiss the ground. And then send a message to anyone that you know living in New Zealand. He says, Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and to pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Watch this. Such a prayer, such an action, such a good work, offered in faith. Do you see faith and works coming together again? We'll do what? It will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you've committed any sins, you'll be forgiven. Goes on. Now, while we're talking about prayer, he says there's another good work that you should do. Another type of prayer. It's going to suck, but it's going to be awesome for you. It's called confessionary prayer. Confess your sins to God. 10 o'clock, are you reading? Confess your sins to what? To each other. And pray for each other so that you may be forgiven. Healed. Healed. I wonder how much healing passes us by because we never confess our sins to each other. confess our sins to God for forgiveness we confess our sins to each other for healing so if you've mistreated somebody if you've manipulated somebody if you've abused somebody if you've misused their trust if you've sinned against them guess what you gotta do You don't go to the priest in the confessional because that dude doesn't care because he hasn't been sinned against. You go to the person, don't look to your left or your right now. (laughs) You go to the person that you've wronged and you say, I have been a muhu. Forgive me. And you will be healed in your soul. Weight will come off. Freedom will flood your heart. Burdens will come off of your shoulders. And James says, if you do that, it'll change your life. Watch this, he says, the earnest prayer. Man, those of you who are looking for a scripture to memorize over the next few days, The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. And he goes, check this out. Elijah was as human as we are. And when he prayed, he prayed earnestly, what? That no rain would fall for three and a half years. And none did. And then when he prayed again for a release, The earth began to yield its crops. It's incredible to me that God confirms in His Word that you and I can pray nation-shaping prayers. Elijah prayed no rain for his nation, none fell. He prayed rain again, it came. We can pray corruption out. We can pray godly leaders in. We can pray for our nation, we can pray against crime. We can pray for our agriculture. We can pray for the land question. We can pray for our exchange rate. Please, Jesus, help it. <laughs> Are you with me? And he says, the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Prayer Connect happening on the 10th of October. We gather as a church to pray. We should, we should gather with intensity. We should gather with expectation. We should gather with energy. We should mark it off on our diary that nothing else happens except prayer connect on that, on that night. Do you know that you can tell the popularity of the preacher by the Sunday morning message or the Sunday morning attendance? You can tell the popularity of God by the attendance at the prayer connect say so that again you can tell the popularity of the preacher by the sunday morning attendance you can tell the popularity of god in a church by the pray connect attendance we should never be a church never be a church i said we should never be a church where sunday morning attendance is acceptable to be bigger than the pray connect we should pray first you say i'm doing my hair on wednesday night no Don't dye your hair on Wednesday night. We know you're old. You don't need to dye it. Okay. We should pray first is what James tells us. He tells us that prayer is a good deed. That's a mark and a hallmark and a quality of somebody who has an authentic faith and friendship with Christ. If you don't want to pray, it's because your relationship with Jesus is not authentic stings. It's Ana. I read a great story the other day. It encouraged me so much. There's this lady, she's in New Zealand. Her name was Nikki Hamblin. She was from New Zealand running in the Olympics. She was running the 5,000 meter and she accidentally bumped into this American runner called um, Abby Agostino. So Nikki helped her competitor up. She bumped her over. So Nikki went to her, helped her up and then realized, hey, by this time now we're out of the, out of the race. Like, it's done like we're not gonna so they just decided to finish the race themselves they went right around the track finished the race themselves came stone last as you'd expect but still got promoted into the finals of the race based upon sportsmanship and then at the end of the olympics although they didn't win a silver or a gold they both won medals for sportsmanship to show the, the spirit in the heart of the olympics you see we don't have to change the world we, we just have to help the runner that we've knocked down up again are you with me we just have to look at the track of life and see the fallen runners and lift them up and pick them up and help them. It's an incredible story that was put on Facebook about a year ago or so, of a lady called Anya Loven. She found a, a one-year-old boy. She came across a one-year-old boy in Nigeria who had been abandoned by his family to starve to death because they believed he was a witch. She came across him and he was relying on the, on the, the goodness of strangers to, to feed him. He just took scraps of bread. I mean, have you? I can't look at that picture for long. Anyway, she comes across him, sees him and takes him in. Begins to feed him, nourish him, nurture him. He's now a healthy two and a half year old boy. She gave him a new name called Hope she put that picture on Facebook her bank account was flooded set up a trust for it she received a million US dollars into her account which is like 10 squillion Rand at the moment (laughs) Lord help us And, and, and people responded and she said she's helped 34 other children because of that isn't that awesome because because, because her faith wouldn't allow her to walk past the need. So to go back to James, she couldn't say, hi little boy, nice to meet you. Be well and be warm and be fed. Faith plus actions equals authentic faith this message was recorded live at Thrive Church we hope that it inspired you to move towards Jesus